Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Craig, we're on week two of our uh, October Horror Festival. It is, uh, <laughs> it is Halloween, and uh, today we picked a film that uh, takes place during Halloween night. Uh, it is called Night of the Demons from 1988. Oh man, this movie. Uh, whew, I um, remember going to the video store and seeing the poster for this film. It graced the horror section of many a video store for, I, I feel like, decades. I feel like well into the 90s, even though this movie <laughs> is from 1988. You could see this this poster of uh, of Angela done up as a demon that just looks like scary as crap. I, it looks like the kind of thing you shouldn't post where children are going to be walking through. <laughs> it, it just doesn't. It, it, it sells this movie, and it sold this movie for me. And even though, you know, I spent... De- at least a decade or two looking at this poster and thinking, oh my gosh, that must be the scariest movie in the world. Uh, when I, uh, I I never saw it until high school, I believe, when I was with some friends on Stupid Movie Night. And uh, it seemed to be very appropriate for Stupid Movie Night because mm-hmm. um, this movie's really dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's got a huge cult following. Uh, it really does. And I guess... Um, you know, it was made for like about a million bucks, and it and it grossed like three million. And didn't even get a wide theatrical release. It was just released like in Detroit and a couple theaters, but especially history has been kind to it, I suppose. I, I'm not really sure why, <laughs> except for the fact that this is like the quintessential '80s horror film. Like, take every cliche, take every thing about an 80s horror film and distill it down and you basically get this movie. Am, am I right about yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were talking about we're brainstorming movies we wanted to do for the Halloween season because I know that you, much like me, this is like my favorite time of the year. It's when we have free license to you know watch and talk about as many horror movies as we want, even with our loved ones who may not be as enthusiastic about them as we are. Oh, please don't tell me you saw this with Alan. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, in fact, I was, I was watching it in my living room on my computer as I do. And (laughs) he walked through several times and he was like, what are you watching? (laughs) And I was like, I know, right. (laughs) You recommended this one and you said that uh, it had a fond place in your heart. And I, I had seen it too. Like you, I don't think I really saw it until I was an adult. I don't know how I got by without seeing it until then, but I had kind of fond memories of it too. And uh, so I sat down to watch it again and I was watching it and I was like, my God, this is awful. <laughs> I, and I, I'm, I'm reluctant. I'm hesitant to say that because I, I, it does have a huge cult following. And I know that there are people out there who love this movie. And I, I, I think I get why. I mean, it's, it's super campy and, and silly. And it does have, you know, some good effects and, and stuff like that. Uh, but I, I I can only imagine that part of the reason that people like it so much is because of how bad it is. Like yeah. the the acting is oh oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> worst. Like every single person in this movie is like pulled straight out of community theater. 
Oh my gosh, it's so bad. And it's this group of probably 30-year-olds who are supposed to be playing high school kids who just, they're just a bunch of jerks and they all end up in this house and then it's, they're just so stupid. And, and I, I guess it's at least kind of fun to watch them all get picked off. And there are 10 of them, man. 10. Oh, I know. Way too many. So many. And like I wrote down, before I even started, I went to IMDb and I wrote down all of their names oh, and all the actors who played them all. And I'm like, why are there so many of them? <laughs> like, I'm never going to be able to keep track of all these people. Uh, and, and and so like, I'm tr- as we're, as I'm watching, I'm trying to pay attention to their names and like i'm writing down okay uh roger's the black guy okay uh max is the guy in the doctor's costume like 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 i really need to keep track of the it doesn't matter they're just a bunch of assholes that (laughs) that get together and and get possessed and the end so true bunch of assholes you know we, we, we do have at least one guy who is uh who is who's familiar to us he's a familiar yeah. asshole right Jay, um, yeah yeah uh, he he's the guy who played was Stooge. kurt kelly Stooge. oh no you're talking about stooge oh right yeah yeah go ahead uh, there's another one that i remember too go oh, ahead well you go yeah stooge was um was also in sorority babes and the slimeball bolorama <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I do remember him, and he was funny. The guy that I was talking about was uh, the guy that plays Jay, who is uh, like the jockey, jerky one, um, and he's played by Lance Fenton, and he was one of the mean jocks who got killed in Heathers. Uh, so I, I remember him. And and of course, obviously, uh, Linnea Quigley, uh, who plays Suzanne. We've seen, we probably talked about what, like, 10 movies that she's been in. Of like, she's been in a million horror movies, especially in the 80s, and she's fun to watch in this movie. In fact, you know, when people talk about this movie, they talk about Angela. Angela is the pretty much kind of the main girl, I guess. She's supposed to be this weird girl who's hosting this Halloween party. Um, and everybody thinks she's super weird, but they think that Halloween is right up her alley. So they're going to go to her party. And she's played by Amelia Kincaid. And she gets all the glory in this movie. And I think that maybe part of that is because she reprised her role in both of the sequels. So um, she was kind of a constant for these movies. But really, I think Linnea Quigley deserves the the kudos for oh, this movie. For sure. She's she's funny and she's I don't know if scary is the right word, but she's the shining star of the movie to me. Angela's all she's great, whatever. You know, she's got a cool look. She you know, in her black wedding dress and you know, when she finally ends up demoning out, you know, that's pretty cool or whatever. Um, but really it's Linnea Quigley's Suzanne who I think uh is the star of the show. Yeah, for many reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Linnea Quigley, bless her heart, she her acting's terrible too. It always is. Oh sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know why. She's just kind of fun to watch anyway. Maybe because she doesn't give a crap. Like yeah. she plays, <laughs> she plays all these characters basically the same, just full out gusto, and you just have to admire it. That and the fact that it's like, you want me to take my top off? Sure. You want me to take my yeah. bottoms off? Sure. I mean, this girl <laughs> has shown 
her cooch <laughs> is so <laughs> many, way more horror films than people have exposed their breasts in. I mean, it's <laughs> it's insane. This girl just doesn't give a rat's ass about anything, and it's fantastic to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of admirable. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you 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 could call it exploitive, but it, it's like she doesn't care. You know, like I hope to God that's the case. That she really doesn't care. That she's comfortable with her body. That she's happy uh, to do these things because. If not, then she's been taken horrible advantage of. (laughs) (laughs) But she seems like a smart person. I mean, you know, she doesn't come across as like this ditzy person who's been taken advantage of. I feel like she completely knows what she's getting into. And apparently, she met her husband on this film while she was getting the mold for her fake breasts done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What a great story. I know. Romance at its best. Oh, my gosh. All right. Should we dive into this one? I guess so. I I, want to talk about the first part because I swear to God, the first two minutes of the movie are the best part of the whole movie. Before you even talk about that, let's talk about the opening music. And the animated intro. That, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's the best part the of the movie. first two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it opens up with this great synth music and this great animation that's kind of like, I don't even, it's kind of a mix between um, the Fantasia Night on bald mountain it's like that and then i feel like that old-fashioned animation where you see like the skeletons dancing and stuff it's reminiscent of that and it's fantastic and it's it's just this great synth music over the the opening credits with this cool spooky very halloweeny animation and it's it's the best part of the movie (laughs) i mean it's kind of all downhill from there It's so hilarious. We're just gonna let we're gonna let this synth root music run underneath our <laughs> until it ends underneath everything else we say because it's we so just good. have to expose you to all of it. <laughs> yeah, and then it opens on the, the most uh, you know. It's weird. This movie has the most bizarre like bookend to it. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Like it's not the kind of movie you expect to have a bookend. But sure enough, it opens up the way, I don't know, maybe half of the 80s horror, bad 80s horror films that we've reviewed open up, which is a bunch of punk kids driving down the street, causing trouble in a car. Mm -hmm. And they run by this guy, this old man, who's like, shaking his fist at them, you crazy kids, blah, 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 blah. They spill his groceries. Some other kid comes out of the shadows at him. His name is Sal. Anyway, he picks up an apple that he's got in his groceries, and he picks up a thing of razor blades and makes a comment about how he's going to show everybody on Halloween or whatever. And, and then you just you don't see this guy again until the very end. Right. And then it just, it just focuses on these people, and we've got ten of them to deal with. We've got... Oh, jeez. We got the three in the car, or the four in the car. We've got uh, the black guy, whose name is Roger. We have Helen, who is driving the car. And then we have Stooge. And we mentioned Stooge. He's the guy who plays the same boorish, you know, frat guy dude drinking beer. In this case, I mean, in case you couldn't telegraph it more clearly, he actually has a pig nose (laughs) on his face. And this man would not stop calling Helen a bitch through this entire film. Well, it's not just her. It's every girl. Like, he's he's like trying to, uh, yes, Helen in the beginning, he's calling her a bitch, and then later on he's trying to hook up with Suzanne, and she takes too long in the bathroom, and he starts calling her a bitch. Like, this guy's just such a dick. Like, is. Why, why do they hang out with him? Like, <laughs> no 
there's nothing charming about him. And that's the thing. You get this boorish guy, and you just can't wait for him to go away. But I, I have to say, like, I, I mean, I don't know. Just the fact that he was just throwing this word around throughout the movie was really grating on me. Oh, yeah. Damn, bitch, get off that. Dizzy f***ing bitch, man. Shut up and drive, bitch. You cannot take this bitch anywhere, man. Damn it, bitch, come on. Dizzy bitch. I realize it's dated and whatnot, but even for the 80s, this is scuzzy. And the fact that nobody calls him out on it, he gets no punishment for it, nobody seems to care. I don't know, man, it just made me really uncomfortable. It was was really misogynistic, I thought. Oh, Totally. And, and like, I feel like we're supposed to think he's funny, but it's not funny. <laughs> like, mm. like if he if he otherwise had some sort of, you know, really funny personality or if he was mess, if these girls were really his friends and he was just messing with them, even then it would still be he would still be a dick. But like, you know, if, if it yeah. were more playful, if it were more playful, I guess maybe. But it's not like no. it's it's just mean. Like he's yeah. just a mean spirited jerk. Uh, but whatever, he gets killed, so yeah. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we get um we get a phone call between Jay and Judy. Jay is the jock, and Judy is the sweet girl. She's like the Sandra D of the movie who you figure from the beginning is going to live through it all. She's dressed as Alice in Wonderland. (laughs) And she's... Basically, they have a conversation on the phone, and they're supposed to go to the school dance. But Jay says, "No, let's go to this party instead." The acting's terrible in this oh, whole film. It, this is the—it's the perfect example of the bad acting. I mean, she's terrible. This this <laughs> girl who plays Judy. Does this mean I should find another date for the dance? <laughs> of course not. Hey, I thought you'd be happy to go to a real party. That school dance is for nerds. Oh, okay, sure. Why not? Who's giving it? I don't know if you know her. Her name's Angela. Angela? No, the only Angela I know is that weird girl in history class. Well, as a matter of fact... Shay, you've got to be kidding. Angela is such a weirdo. Granny says she's into witchcraft and all sorts of creepy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) She's so Jan Brady. Oh my gosh. Her name's Kathy Podwell, and she gets high billing because she does end up kind of being the final girl i guess um but franny says she's into witchcraft and stuff like (laughs) (laughs) like i mean you 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 can't you can't deny that the acting is terrible but good lord the dialogue they're given i mean (laughs) what are they supposed to do it's terrible i mean there's oh my god uh, and and we find out that the party is at whole house which has you know its own mythology it's oh. kind of in their town it's the 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 spooky old haunted house and um another thing that just also makes this movie entirely implausible because eventually they end up going there and how are you going to have a straight up house party at this old abandoned place you know like <laughs> are there no police in your town right. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's even a comment made at some point. Oh, that was easy. They didn't even lock the gate. Yeah, the county used to keep this place locked up all the time. Only the locks kept disappearing. I guess they finally gave up. Well, it doesn't look like much of a party happening here. Maybe we could still make the dance. Like what? <laughs> God. Yeah. Oh, but we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, Sal Sal is uh, Judy's ex boyfriend, and he wants to 
hang out with her, I guess on Halloween or whatever, but, um, she doesn't want anything to do with him. So he bribes her little brother with a dollar. <laughs> no, first, he first he bribes tried- him with a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like quarter's, no way man yeah a quarter's not good enough so he, he gives him the dollar so he finds out where the party is or whatever and then we cut to oh god it's a scene in a convenience store but it's it's a direct cut from this guy sal walking away from judy's house to just a bent over picture of linnea quigley's ass and vagina <laughs> just shaking full screen oh my God. bent over i mean she's wearing panties but she may as well not be because yeah. <laughs> it leaves nothing to the imagination <laughs> and it's just such a funny scene you know these these goofball convenience store guys are just ogling her as she's bent over in front of them and as it turns out it's a distraction her friend angela is then going through the convenience store which is full of people <laughs> full of people <laughs> <laughs> and she's grabbing stuff <laughs> and she's got like a sack that looks like it's made out of a bed sheet like it's this huge sack and she's just throwing stuff in there like filling up this huge sack and uh finally she gives suzanne lunae quigley the sign like i'm done i got it or whatever Oh, and then probably my favorite line in, in the movie, Suzanne walks out as she's walking towards the, uh, the convenience store guys. She goes, do you guys have sour balls? Why, sure we do. Too bad. I bet you don't get many blowjobs. <laughs> she walks out. <laughs> sour balls. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the laughs never stop with this film. In the future, I think if I ever watch this again, I think I might just turn it off after that. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen all I need to see. Well, to (sighs) be fair, in the movie's defense, it's extremely clear by this point that the film isn't even taking itself seriously. No, no, no. It's meant to be... I wouldn't say it's meant to be a comedy, but it's meant to have a lot of comedic points in it. Let's put it that way. It's tongue-in-cheek. It's tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. And and I get it, and that's that's funny, you know. Like yeah. it, it's fun. I I'll go on and on about how terrible it is. Don't worry, <laughs> you know. I, I will continue to talk about how terrible it is. But in all fairness, it's it's fun, yeah. you know. Just just get drunk first. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And don't watch it alone. My God. No. <laughs> don't don't sit in your living room on a Saturday afternoon in the on middle of the day, laptop. stone cold sober, and watch this movie. You are not going to have the experience that you should have. I had to, I had to watch it in two chunks, man. I I really did. After about forty five minutes, I was like, all right, I'm going to bed. I'm watching the rest of this in the morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and then the next scene is um, Jay meeting up with. Judy and they're at the house and uh, there's a funny scene with his mom and his his kid her kid brother has this all these goofy lines and the mom's like would you like a fudge log and she (laughs) shows him a tray of the most disgusting looking candies yeah it looks like a tray of cat turds these are just this is just such lowbrow comedy here yeah Um, and Jay tries to kiss Judy as they're leaving and Judy's like slow down slow down like he can't even kiss her and this is you know a theme that we're going to get throughout here is Judy's virginal status 
and Jay trying to get with her. Um, so anyway, they all leave, and they're going to go to this house, and I guess Stooge and the carload of people are going to the same party. Uh, as they're driving down the street, Stooge is messing around, and their car breaks down has a flat. There's uh, Max and Franny uh, in another car. Are they with Judy and Jay at this point? Yeah, Judy and Jay pick them up, and right. Max, Max, these characters, they don't make any, they're they're completely Disposable. insignificant. Um, Max is, uh, I have written down next to his name, Doctor's Costume, and I have written down next to Franny, Asian girl. Asian girl. And, <laughs> and they are a couple. Um, and she, she doesn't get much screen time. No. She is stunningly gorgeous. <laughs> I, my biggest regret about this film is that she did not have more of a starring role. <laughs> I wish she did because she seems like a better actress than the other girls and and she's she's really beautiful. Um and and Max, you know, he doesn't have much to do either. He doesn't seem as Are bad as the rest me? of them either, but Max is exposition boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Max, oh, that's right. I forgot. Max knows everything about this house. That's right. Because he reads Hey, you know, I think we're smelling multiple ghosts here. I've read about things like this. There's some Max. I never knew you could read. <laughs> no, really, Stooge. I'm not kidding. I read all the time. <laughs> the writing's, so, the writing's so fantastic. <laughs> as soon as they come to this play, well, Max and Franny and um, Judy and Jay kind of give these guys the bird as they're going by, and they end up at the house. And Max gives, like, this long exposition about the history of the house. There's a brick wall around the house, and it's like every scene, they're like, oh, look at this brick wall. And he's like, well, this brick wall, they say, is over an underground stream that surrounds the house. And they're like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. Yes, they say that the spirits that live in this house can't cross the running water, and that's why the stream runs around the house. Oh, wow, that's very interesting. You know, back in 1922, this house... I mean, like, he goes on and on, and he's got a common... I had forgotten that was him. That's how memorable these characters are. Um, but yeah, he, he, he explains that it, it used to be a funeral parlor and old Mr. Hull really loved his clientele, like in the carnal way. But at some point, one of the Hulls slaughtered the rest of their family on Halloween night. So this house has this whole sordid history. I love it when they walk into the house and they're like... <sighs> Somebody fired the maid. Yeah, somebody did. The whole family maid was killed along with the rest of them. Someone managed to roast her. Great. Barbecue maid. No wonder she didn't keep the place clean. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And so basically they all just show up. And and Sal pops out of a coffin and scares Jay and makes him mad. But eventually they're just all there. They get the party started. They have this dumbass house party that we've seen in so many of these movies, like Spookies, where suddenly they break out like like these teenagers break out like trays of hors d'oeuvres and things like yeah. that. that they've <laughs> laid out on the table. They've like taken time to decorate the walls with like skeletons and things like yep. that. And they're just like randomly dancing and hanging out in corners. And Judy's fretting about this lighter, which is like the dumb, the dumbest scene ever. When she's trying to light a candle or something, and then Angela comes up to her and is like 
don't leave that lighter lingering around. You don't want the spirits to get it. That's what she says. And then, like, that really bothers Judy. Like, <laughs> oh, no. There's, like, a five-minute scene of her deciding whether or not she's going to leave the lighter. <laughs> she's going to put it in her pocket. She ends up, like, making a bold choice and putting it in her pocket. Yeah. <laughs> and and Suzanne Linnea Quigley is dancing sexy and all the boys are ogling her. And then somebody pulls out a strobe light and, like, you would think that it was the coolest thing that had ever happened. Like, oh my god, a strobe light! This party is <laughs> epic. <laughs> oh, but then, then the music stops. The, they think the batteries went dead. Of course, we know that it's probably the demons at work. But since uh, the music has stopped, Angela's like, "Hey, let's have a séance." And they're like, I don't know. Don't you think that's kind of risky? But then one of them, I think it's uh, Franny, is like, well, let's have a past life seance. Like that? Like is that a, a thing? thing. <laughs> <laughs> this in my life. <laughs> they're like, ooh. And then Angela, I think, explains what it is, right? Yeah, they have to get they have to get a mirror and they have to sit around the mirror and look in it and one person is supposed to like stand right in front of it and they're supposed to stare at it until it fogs over black and then it will clear up and show what she looks like in a previous life. And of course, they find a great big huge mirror and and start to do this and that's just when all hell breaks loose. Mm. Some demon, like we get a demon face in the mirror, and everybody's conveniently turned away looking at something, (laughs) except for Helen, who sees it and is is totally spooked. Raj is spooked too for some reason we don't really understand. He saw something when he was off, and uh, they hear sounds from the basement, and and we get that like first person perspective thing, like Amityville Horror, yeah, or, or Evil Dead, where this demon like flies up through the basement and then possesses Suzanne. We see it. Yep. And Raj decides he's going to leave. My daddy was a preacher. And I know better than to be in here fooling with this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Which comes up again later. I don't understand. (laughs) Actually, it's kind of offensive, really. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Character is just borderline offensive. Anyway, um, let's see. At some point, Angela explains the difference between the house being haunted versus the house being possessed. Apparently, if a house is haunted, it means ghosts live there. If a house is possessed, it means a demon lives there. It's really important for us to know that mm-hmm. moving forward. <laughs> uh, and then, <laughs> right, and then, of course, the moment we're all waiting for, everybody sort of splits up and goes their own way. Um, yep. Jay decides that he wants to go off to a corner with Judy. Sal runs off somewhere. I don't know what Stu just doing, drinking and doing something, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they all sort of split up. And Raj and Helen decide they're going to leave. I mean, these people keep saying they're going to leave, and they never actually leave. Well, I I did at least appreciate that, that Roger and Helen were like, no, seriously, we're leaving. And they try. Like, they they legit try to leave. Um, But when they go go outside, um, the whole house, as you mentioned before, is surrounded by this great big brick wall. And uh, when they go outside, they try to find the gate, but apparently the gate has disappeared. So they're all stuck in there. But I, you know, (laughs) Roger as a character, is you know played on you know it's a very fine line between offensive black stereotype but i at least appreciated that he was the only one who really throughout the whole movie is smart enough to be like seriously we need to get the frick out of here yeah. <laughs> like, please let's leave For he sure. tries it doesn't work but 
tries. And Judy decides to run off, and Raj gets spooked, and he runs into a car and decides to just hold himself up in a car. And Suzanne kisses Angela for some odd reason, and that transfers or multiplies, I guess, the demon into Angela as well. So now we know that both Angela and Suzanne are possessed. Max goes into exposition mode again. Yeah, and not only is it a murder house, but it also sits on ancient <laughs> evil Indian land. <laughs> That's right. A young brave got lost and settled here with his family by mistake. Anyway, they found him three weeks later, sitting under a teepee he made out of his squaw's intestines and chewing on the leg of his papoose. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Now that we're talking about it, this is so, like, so much of this is similar to the Amityville. It is. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's cut and paste. I mean, you know, it's it's so hilarious. It's a million movies. We've yeah. we've seen it a million times. And and it can be done well, you know, like Poltergeist. It's it's pretty much the exact same thing, but yeah. that's a good movie. <laughs> and <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, so uh let's see. Then Jay and Judy are making out, and apparently Judy's allowing him to kiss her this time, but uh he won't she won't go any further. And this is when Jay becomes total dick and is like, Well then fine, I thought this was what you wanted. And so he leaves Judy. And that's the thing about the people in this house is they get left or locked in places or whatnot, and then they just totally just sit there and they're they're and fine we, with yeah. Meanwhile, Suzanne and Stooge have gone to the bathroom together, and I, I guess he thought that he was going to get lucky in the bathroom, but um, she leaves him outside, and she's, like, looking in the mirror, and her face goes all demony. You know, it's, okay, we get it. They're possessed. <laughs> it's like, now it's time for some special effects. <laughs> <laughs> and then And then she disappears, and then... Probably another one of the most iconic parts of this movie, Angela does a sexy dance for Sal. (laughs) I called it an interpretive dance. (laughs) I mean, it killed a good five minutes of the movie, at least. And and she got credit in the film for being the choreographer. Uh, She did? Angela did? The the actress? The actress, yeah, Mimi. Oh, well. As a matter of fact, if you look up uh, her profile, you'll see that she's been mostly a dancer for a lot of things. So it's nice to see that she was able to take some of her other talents and incorporate them into this film as well. Yeah. I'm sure that she's a lovely dancer. And this uh, is the 80s, and things were different in the 80s for this dance. I swear to God. Oh, my God. It's so funny. And I feel like she must... uh, Okay, you know, I have to give her artistic credit. I'm I'm sure that she came up with most of this dance by herself, but I can just imagine the director off camera saying like, "That's really good, but could you pull your skirt up more?" <laughs> That's right. You can't see your underwear. <laughs> There you go. That's it. Now wriggle yeah. that around right, for a right while. Up, while right we up zoom over in your head, it. like all the way up over all the way up over your head. <laughs> good, good, got it. And, and Sal, who is like Sal's like the Fonz in this film, and yeah. he's standing there just watching it the whole time. And Stooge comes in as well. And I think Sal just decides he's going to leave. Yeah, he. It's too weird for him. 
Captain Stooge comes in, he and Angela do a little dance. You know, Stooge, I never realized how sexy you are. <laughs> Kiss me. Oh. oh. And bites his tongue off. And mm-hmm. this is the thing about this movie, too. Like, all right, see, up until this point, like, nothing has really happened. Mm-hmm. Stuff has happened, but it's just people getting freaked out. And we know two people are possessed, but nobody's died. No, we're, we're not really... To me, anyway, there's, like, no tension. And finally, uh, his tongue gets bit off. And she smiles at him, and she's all demon-y now. And she's got... Spits his tongue out, and there's blood hanging from his mouth. And then they just cut away. Yeah. Like, and, and that happens a lot. Yeah. And, and I, I, I guess maybe that's because there are so many people, like, we have to keep up with them, I guess. <laughs> um, but it is. It's these abrupt cuts away from scenes into other scenes. Um, but this one cuts to Sal finding Suzanne. She's messing with her lipstick, but she's, like, put it all over her face. Yeah, Suzanne's theme is that she's always looking at her face and constantly super vain and doing her makeup right right so she talks to him and she's like does my makeup look okay or something i don't know and uh he leaves but as soon as he leaves it's like she sits there for a second and like something's going through her mind like hmm i have an idea and then she (laughs) opens and then she opens up her shirt and i know that you have been dying to describe this scene oh my gosh take the stage my friend yeah, she um, has got her lipstick, which she has already painted all over her face, and she slowly brings it down her chest and draws this mark down, then under her left boob, and then circling <laughs> around, slowly closing it on her nipple, and then just pushes the lipstick right into her nipple, where it <laughs> disappears <laughs> into her breast. She takes her way, hand away, there's no lipstick, and then cut away. This is the scene that everybody talks about. If you talk about this movie, everybody remembers this scene. And it's weird and, like, it's so apropos of nothing. Like, (laughs) nothing else ever happened. You know, like, like, that's just it. She just sticks her whole lipstick tube in her boob. Now, what I will say about this is whoever did this effect is talented. It's fantastic. It looks great there has, <laughs> like there has never been a more realistic press of anything into somebody's nipple where it completely disappears <laughs> as this film and we know that there's no cgi involved wow it is amazing no it, it really does i mean it looks pretty real her prosthetic looks like real boobs or mm-hmm. i mean i haven't real seen that boobs. many except for on tv but well, it, it looks real <laughs> It really looks like Linnea Quigley's fake boobs. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and like, not only does she poke it in there, but then she like she sticks it like she's driving her finger up in there, like really getting it up in there. And then she pulls it out, and like you can't see a seam or a hole, nothing. Like yeah. it, it. Good job, fake boob guy, because yeah. that looked great. Yeah. <laughs> For no good reason. (laughs) (laughs) There's no payoff to this scene. That's what makes this so odd. It's the weirdest thing you've ever seen. And it's not like she becomes the lipstick monster or like she shoots lipstick out of her boobs from then on. Nothing (laughs) happens except for this bizarre scene completely by herself. Like Nobody else even observes it. It doesn't even have the benefit of being something creepy for somebody else to see. Right. Uh, it's like this demon by itself decides, eh, I don't know. 
we got a few minutes. Let's get rid of this lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. And it's so funny because I remembered there being a payoff, and there's not. Now, I, I've seen the remake. Have you seen the 2009 remake? Oh, gosh, no. You have. I have seen it. And and maybe it's in the remake because I remembered the lipstick later coming out of her mouth. Like she pulls it out of her mouth. That does not happen in this movie, but I feel like in the remake it must. Um, and I have to say, and this will probably be an unpopular statement, but um, I think that really the remake is maybe better than this. I, I don't know. I, I think in the remake, they just took themselves a little bit more seriously. They had a bigger budget for uh, the effects and stuff. I mean, it stars the naked chick from American Pie and Eddie Furlong. So if that tells you anything about quality. <laughs> oh, that's the pinnacle of quality right there. Yeah. Oh, that's and, and I've only, I've only seen it once. So maybe my, maybe I am in no, place to make a uh, a statement like that but anyway if you and the only reason i saw it i didn't even know there was a remake and i was just flipping through the channels one day on tv and it happened to be on so i sat and watched it it's worth a watch if you haven't seen it and and if you're a fan of this movie i'm really curious because yeah after seeing this one again um i'd love to see a modern take on it for sure it's it's worth taking a look at. But at this point, you know, gosh, how specific do we want to be? At this point, everybody else, <laughs> one by one, gets possessed. Jay, who is, you know, all sexually frustrated because Judy wouldn't have sex with him, finds Suzanne, and they fuck <laughs> for a second until she pokes his eyeballs out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Franny and Max... Also, <laughs> they find a coffin. You know, I've never made it in a coffin before. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then when we're, and, uh, again, you know, I hate to be misogynistic, but we, we get to see a lot of these girls with their tops off, and Franny beats them all. She looks fantastic. Mm. Uh, but they end up, Stooge ends up killing them. He breaks her neck and then, like, I guess he, he, he like slams the coffin down and slams it on Max's arm so many times that the arm falls off, which I guess is enough to kill Max <laughs> because yeah. he's dead um, and, and later shows up possessed. That's pretty much it. So then we've got like Roger and Sal, who are the only two left for the next 20 minutes. Uh, Judy runs around screaming <laughs> while Salad she's being much. while she's being chased yeah. and roger is kind of running around not screaming as much but getting scared and they just kind of keep running into the the rest of the people in demon drag and uh and then it's kind of till the end yeah it's just one of those deals they run into them ah and they run off and then they're quiet again throughout this whole movie nobody here it's not that big of a house, but apparently nobody hears what's going on in the other rooms. Everybody's super separated. Oh, they end up in a rooftop. They, you know, and the thing is, like, they can't get out, but then they do get out, but then Angela scares them back in. It becomes this sort of Judy and Raj thing after a while. Yeah. Yeah. And for some reason, I was getting um, shades of Night of the Living Dead here. I guess maybe just because it was a white chicken and black dude. I don't know. Um, but that's kind of what it felt like. It felt like the the two folks from Night of the Living Dead. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yep. And that's that's and and Roger really ends up 
kind of being the hero of the story. I mean, Judy, you know, she sticks around, but she just runs around screaming like a banshee, um, except for one part where they end up in a crematorium. This was kind of hilarious to me. They end up uh. in this crematorium. Yeah, they're locked in and the demons are like beating down the door and Judy's like, we need a weapon. We need a weapon. Wait a second. The pipe. And she goes to pull the pipe out of the oven and she pulls it out and then gas starts coming out. It's hilarious to me that this place has been abandoned for a hundred years and they're still paying their gas bill, apparently. And then she gets to fill the room up with gas while she's trying to light this lighter. And there's all this supposed tension where the demons are telepathically, I guess, pulling the pins out of the door so they can break yeah. the door down while she cannot light a lighter to save her life. And I'm thinking, by the time she lights this lighter, this room is going to explode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But this is a moment where it it actually doesn't make any sense because Judy completely picks up and while she's been um, the not hero through this thing, suddenly gets a mind of her own and decides to take some initiative. And Raj, on the other hand, does absolutely nothing to help her. Right. He's cowering in the corner. He's like, he's like freaking runs off and leaves her at times. Like, mm-hmm. here's the problem with Raj. You want to like this. You want to like this character. You want to at least say, well, here's something redeeming. The black guy that lives to the end. Right. But like we said, he's written a little stereotypical. And then he's alternately extremely helpful and he's willing to linger around and help her out like when she's dangling from the ledge and he's encouraging her, come on, Judy, come on, Judy, in the face of all this you know, stuff coming their way. Yet when they're locked in a room relatively safe trying to find a way out, he's got nothing. Uh, it's, it's so uneven. It's so poorly. He wants to pray. <laughs> oh, my God. We can't wait, Raj. We got to try. There's no other way out. Bruce, let's pray. My daddy, he told me how to pray real good. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, on the one hand, I kind of appreciate oh – God, I can't even believe I'm going to say this word – the realism of it. Because if it were me, screw Judy. Like, like <laughs> I'm getting out of here. And he does that a couple of times. Ultimately – He's heroic. But this scene, you know, it's so stupid. You're absolutely right. We hear this gas running, 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 and she's flicking this bick. And, like, all it would take would be a freaking spark. It's not like it would actually need to light for this room filled with gas. But it is kind of fun when she actually gets it lit, and then it's a flamethrower, and she cooks uh, Angela and Stooge. And something that we haven't really talked about, and and it's really evident, especially after they've been burned, the makeup effects are really fun uh, in the movie. They're really good. Uh, Well, they're alternately good and and lazy. Like some of them, some of them get the full demon treatment and then some of them just kind of get the white face zombie treatment. It's weird, but I don't think the makeup effects ever get as good as the poster. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, but they are fun. I mean, just, you know, from a visual perspective, it, it's it's fun to look at. Is yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of the payoff that you get for sitting through this terrible movie. <laughs> oh, okay, so she, she flamethrows the the bad guys and then they're running around the house but they're locked in and then all of their friends who are demons now surround them in the living room and roger as i said before is like uh screw you judy and he jumps out the window 
but they're on the first floor, so he's fine. And um, she follows him, and they run to the wall, and there's no gate, so they have to go over it. And apparently there's barbed wire that runs along the top of it, but in this particular section it has fallen down. Um, so Roger climbs the barbed wire, and his, his hands are getting all cut up. Um, and he gets up to the top and I would say this is what, like a 20 foot wall. (laughs) It's huge. And he gets up there and he's like laying on the top of it and he's like, come on, climb up. I'll get your hand. And she starts climbing up and she gets about halfway. And then the demons come out and like, they get a hold of her legs and, um, Roger somehow falls off onto the other side where he would be safe. And it's like, he has a moral dilemma. Like, you know, what am I going to do? Um, and we think that it's the end for Judy, but no, somehow, 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 (laughs) Roger gets back on top from it's the just, other side. It's just which a, no sense. a shot of him on the ground on the other side of this 20-foot wall, a shot of Judy screaming, and then suddenly it's like the exact same shot of him yeah. back <laughs> on top of the wall. <laughs> give me your hand. Give me your hand. You're like, what? How did he get back up there? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. But he does. He grabs her hand and and pulls her up, which also doesn't make any sense. There's like eight people like pulling yeah, at her like yeah. Yeah, how it doesn't make any sense but whatever and so he gets her over and they fall onto the other side and the demons all melt into smoke and the original demon head that we saw in the mirror appears above the wall and like shrieks but then it disappears and the sun comes up um and then we get the uh, second half of our our bookend and they walk off into the sunset and you think that's the end but they walk by that old man's house and that man shakes his fist at them all oh, you crazy kids you've been out so late probably banging each other blah 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 goes inside <laughs> and sits down at his table and you're like what is going on why is this not the end of the movie and this old woman his wife comes up and oh i served you breakfast dear uh and she hands him something and he sits down and starts to eat and he's like oh this apple pie is real good there weren't as many trick-or-treaters last night, not like the good old days. I had to do something with all those leftover apples. I still can't understand why you buy so many. Of course, those are the ones that he put razor blades in. And this is another cool effect. Really cool. Yeah. Um, suddenly the razor blades basically come out of his throat and cut him up. And he falls, slumps forward. And she calmly comes over, looks, pats him on the head, gives him a kiss as he's dead. And says, Happy Halloween, dear. <laughs> sips her tea oh i think it's funny it's i cool, think it's it's a cool it's a bit. funny tongue-in-cheek thing it, yeah. it kind of reminds me of um the the end caps on like creep show or something yeah, like that like totally it's is. it's very tongue-in-cheek uh it, it's 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 a wink you know it's a wink to the audience like we know this was stupid there's <laughs> <laughs> a little something extra for you <laughs> Oh man, you know, I don't know. This I don't I don't even know what to say about this movie. What I will say about it is that I'm glad to have seen it. You know, I feel like I wouldn't have any kind I like to consider myself kind of a horror buff. And I don't think that I could claim that title having not seen this movie. You know, it's it's very much in the consciousness of horror fans and, and the the poster is iconic. Angela as a character is 
semi-iconic. So I'm glad to have seen it. Uh, is it a great movie? No. <laughs> not Absolutely not. Um, but if you are into these, and we are, you know, we talk about these movies, we make fun of them, but we love them. We have a special place in our hearts for these bad 80s movies. Yes. Um, so if you're like that, you know, if you appreciate these for what they are, then you're going to appreciate this movie. I don't know, you know, uh, what's the other one that Linnea Quigley was in that we liked so much? Was it Return of the Living Dead? Yeah, Return of the Living... Well, you didn't like that one so much. Uh, I think, um, was it Slime bubble Arama Or did you Well, like I don't know. In, in retrospect, in retrospect, I do like those movies. And I... I think that maybe even i enjoy them more than this movie but they're 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 in the same vein i don't know you know it, it is what it is and it, and it has a place and and i i can appreciate it for what it is it, it's not great but but whatever it was fun it wasn't a waste of time we're going to be talking about these guys who made this again like kevin tenney who directed this he did witchboard he wrote directed it we're gonna want to do that one because i remember that one as being pretty interesting i loved that movie when i was a kid that was one of those movies that uh my parents should not have let me watch when i was a little kid but they Uh, did oh i loved it loved it so yeah we definitely have to do that at some point and i have to say i think you know looking at it now the movie's really boring if you don't have somebody to goof on it with it's yep it's just so much uh, – there's no payoff at anything spooky that happens. Um, it's just a bunch of people creeping around a house. Just when something scary happens, it cuts away to two people talking again about something else in some other part of the house. And then, you know, it's just this little chase. But in a sense, it, it, you can't really mount any suspense because you never get a sense of place in this house. You never get an idea of what's where and who's where. And anytime somebody's in peril, then they're conveniently okay for another few minutes, you know, while they prowl around another quiet corner. So, well, it, and you don't care about any of the characters no, either. Of course, so there's there's no investment. There are ten of them. It's hard to right. Right. So. But, yeah, I think, again, as a fun, goofy 80s movie that takes... It's just a blender of a film that takes all these tropes and mashes them together and is super obvious about it and even winks at the audience about it and knows that it's goofy and doesn't take itself seriously. Ah, yeah, it's entertaining. It's entertaining. I'd be interested in seeing the remake. That would be kind of fun. Did you see either of the sequels? Oh, There's two sequels. Yeah, did you? No. (laughs) (laughs) They came considerably later. I mean, I think the second one has um, Mimi Kincaid in it. She reprises her role. Um, yeah, she in both. She in both. in both. She does. Yeah, okay. it's like the only thing she's done outside of dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. But uh, and I think Linnea Quigley has a brief role in the second one. If if I if I remember if I see that correctly. But uh, no, I'd I'd be interested in seeing the sequels as well. That would be kind of interesting. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> As a maybe. horror, as a scholar of horror films, <laughs> yeah, as a scholarly exercise, <laughs> I, I just wish Jill Tereshita rep- reprised her role in one of these. I other. know, right? I'd love to see her in more. She's done almost nothing. She was like in Sleepaway Camp three, couple of like TV movies or something. She did nothing. She she did something in 2017, and before that, her last thing was 1990. She's got like eight credits as an actress and like four credits as a stunt person. Hmm. So. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. She's real pretty. <laughs> yeah, such a shame. <laughs> totally wasted in this film. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, it was fun to laugh about. It's fun to talk about. Yeah. What a great Halloween movie. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Definitely, definitely. Thanks again for listening to another episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Google Play. You can find us on our website, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts. We're probably there. Also, like us on Facebook. We have a page there where we can discuss things all Halloween season. We can talk about Halloween movies. We can talk about Halloween things, whatever you want. We love interacting with both of our fans. Just (laughs) jump on over to that page. Uh, We've got three more episodes, including our 100th episode, coming up this month. So it's a very special October. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With two guys and a chainsaw. 